Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Second Career Devs. I'm your host, Kyle Shevlin. Second Career Devs shares the stories of people who have changed their lives by changing their careers to software engineering or web development. As I like to say, it's about the road less traveled and the lessons learned along the way. This week, I'm joined by Ryan Hamblin, a former exercise science and outdoor recreation manager turned software engineer and now the web program manager at Lambda School. He shares how he went from making a difference as a quote-unquote career camp counselor to making a difference teaching people to code. He has lots of lessons along the way, so let's get right to it. Hey, Ryan. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Not much. I am uh, really excited to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to take a, take this opportunity to share your story with the Second Career Devs audience, to share what, what you've done and, and what you're doing, because, uh, man, you have a really cool story, and, and the work you are doing right now is pretty incredible. I can't wait to share it. Yeah, thanks. I'm really, really excited to be here. Hello, uh, Second Career Devs. It's good to meet you all. Very. That's awesome, Ryan. Thank you for uh, uh, speaking directly to the audience. It's so rare that that happens, um, but I'm sure the stories that we'll tell today will speak directly to the audience as well. So, very cool. Uh, before we get into those stories and 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 that kind of thing, do you mind uh, sharing to the audience what your full name is and uh, what you what you're doing now and what you used to do? What we're going to talk about today. Cool. Um, yeah, my name is Ryan Lee Hamblin. Ooh, going full middle name there. Yeah, yeah. We got to make sure that everyone knows that that's that's not only just my name, but it's also my Twitter handle. We had to get really ah, official there. So there you go, um, Twitter handle people. There you go. Yeah, those who like the tweets. Um, I am currently working as the full stack web program director. Um, so program director over all the web technology things that we teach here at Lambda School. Um, prior to this, um, you know, I've been a software engineer for you know, roughly four and a half years now. Um, and prior to that, um, transitioning into the, into this crazy industry, I was a, um, it was a lot of things, but, uh, I was graduating with a degree in exercise science and an emphasis in outdoor recreation management. So um, basically, I was the kid um, with the guitar on the quad and, you know, on the grass at your at your local community college or we actually went to university. But we, you know, our classes were often held with our crazy creeks outside on the lawn when weather permitted. So it was part of the part of the trade, I guess. You make it sound like you were just a, you know, like a, a camp counselor who majored in camp counseling. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. So one of our one of our main focuses in the degree is is about experiential education. So learning by doing and a lot of the experiential modules we go through were games that you would see played by, you know, scout camps or um, you know, just corp- I mean, corporate events and stuff like that, all those cheesy icebreaker games. We, yeah, we learned how to build those types of modules. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, That's really cool. Um, what were some of your favorite modules? Can you think of any off the top of your head? Um, so one of our good, one of my good buddies who's actually, you know, I still stay in touch with him heavily. He did a, a module like um, red light, green light type thing, but it was it was to the tune of uh, red fish, green fish, blue fish, red fish, whatever. Anyway, he basically <laughs> was like, try and get this carabiner out of my hands and I'll turn around. But if I catch you moving, um, you have to go back to the start of the line, right? Um, so that was a fun icebreaker. I did like a whole blind maze. Um, so one person blindfolded walks you through a maze of things and then the other person swaps, walks you back through it. So it's kind of one of those fun uh, fun things. Those, I mean, definitely uh, memorable, but uh, yeah, the, the best parts of the degree were for sure getting outside and going on the sea kayaking trips and the, you know, backpacking trips and the, you know, going and spending an, a couple of nights in a snow cave. Um, yeah. So cool stuff for sure. That's, that's awesome. Uh, two things there. First one, like I was a camp counselor for many summers and we <laughs> nice. used to do a, uh, we used to do a game. We gave the game a title, but the game had no rules. The game was called Malaga Grapes. 
and I don't know if anyone out there has heard of a game similar to this, but literally you would tell the kids, we're going to play Malaga Grapes. And then they'd be like, okay, what's Malaga Grapes? And I'm like, I don't know. And and literally, like, you'd always see these kids. They were able to come up with their own rules. They'd find some weird object that was sitting around. Maybe there was a uh, a stick or a ball or some other equipment. And they'd always end up making their own rules. And what they didn't realize is that was the game. The game was to have them make up the game nice. and and like figure out how to entertain themselves. I that that was always very memorable to me. Like when you didn't have an idea, you just played Malaga Grapes and you saw the idea that the kids made. And sometimes they made a game that was useful and you'd play it, you know, with other kids in another week. Absolutely, dude. That is that's a that's a way good idea. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the age group of these kids were, but like that could work at so many different levels. It's like, Hey, how are we going to break the ice? Like you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and it just shows the, um, the imagination of kids. It was anywhere from, um, I, I mostly worked with like junior high and high school students, but that game was most effective with like grade school, maybe junior high by, by the time, you know, uh, I think we all recognize it even in ourselves. There comes an age where you start to get really awkward around everyone. And uh, a game like that isn't quite as effective when that awkwardness is at play. But but the other thing I wanted to say was like, man, what a cool college experience for you to be able to like go on all these rad trips. I mean, that seems uh, no wonder you wanted to study that. That seems awesome. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And like a lot of a lot of people kind of looked at us and were, you know, it's kind of like kind of scoffed at, you know, it's kind of a joke major and in, in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, they're not, they're not wrong in societal's uh, eyes. There's, you know, when our senior thesis is a seven day backpacking trip down to like uh, meet up with a river rafting excursion to get our last leg of our trip, like floated off the river. Like people look at that and they're like, what, you know, like, what did you prove? But, you know, it's a very philosophical, um, you know, study, we, you know, we studied everything from environmental ethics to, um, you know, like looking at the human condition and kind of figuring out like, hey, why, why do we lose out on that imagination that you were just talking about? Like, why do we grow out of this time in our lives when, you know, we're driven by curiosity? Um, I don't think there's enough, enough curiosity bred into our culture. I think we get too serious too fast and we care too much about whatever, you know, what society, you know, deems is important. So, you know, and, and the most creative people are, are the people that are obviously using their imagination and, um, you know, they're, they're stretching those, those brain plasticities, if you will. And so, yeah, we, we learned a lot about how to, you know, essentially it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because even talking about it and waxing philosophical about it right now, kind of, you know, coming full circle where I'm at today, it's like, we wanted to sort of, you know, we talked about all the time, like, how do we reshape education, bringing things like nature into the classroom and, you know, changing the way that, you know, we we perceive the world through this this really kind of radical movement for its time of learning by actually doing the thing that you're supposed to have learned, you know. Um, and now that's like all I do. I mean, not the nature in the classroom aspect, but um, learning by doing is by and large like my my everyday life. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think I've heard a lot about like, like how the education system stifles divergent thinking, right. And, and divergent thinking is the ability to come up with many uses for the same thing or to start from the same prompt and go many different places. And, and often that kind of creativity and innovation is actually the thing we need in programming. You know, I, I tell people sometimes like, you know, two plus two gets you to four, but sometimes the right and the best solution in programming is that eight minus four gets you to four or negative four plus uh, eight gets you to uh, four or two times two, you know, like there's, there's more ways to get to the solution than just one way. And sometimes it does require being able to think of more than one solution to a problem to really come up with the optimal one. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, Tell me a bit about what you did, like with that degree. You know, you said you were scoffed at a little bit. So, did you did you prove them wrong in any ways? Did you go take this degree and go do anything with it? Yeah. So big. Uh, that's 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 good. You bring that up because 
I didn't waste my four-year education, that's for sure. Um, uh, I definitely studied what I was most passionate about and what I'm still most passionate about um, in terms of things that bring me like inner joy and, and, and peace. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of people out there that can say that. But what what I did, so the cool thing about our degree at Utah Valley University, we're, we're one of the bigger like populated universities, but like um, it's still kind of new in university speak. So like the program is a little bit younger than most programs uh, here in Utah um, where these types of programs are, you know, run rampant. Um, but in, in other programs, you'll, you know, you'll pick sort of a path, like outdoor recreation will be your 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 core competency, your core study, and then, or and as opposed to exercise science being my core study. Um, so I was actually in a lot of classes with people like that are going for biology degrees and trying to get their prereqs for nursing or you know um, everything medical under the sun. Um, but yeah, so for us, we kind of had this umbrella program where we where we got a chance to study what most people sort of focus on um, and get a lot of breadth and a lot of really cool um, avenues. So some of those would be like, um, you know, the public avenue. So public parks and recreation. So Ron Swanson's of the world um, would definitely graduate from my program. Um, then, then you get, you know, people like park rangers. So that's definitely, you know, public recreation as well. So uh, working for like the federal government a lot of people also uh, we learn we learn a lot about like business management techniques. So so how do you um, sort of run like a program, um, not just dedicated to public recreation, but like also potentially you know running a little bit of like itemized budgets and things like that. Things that you would need to know if you were to go into private recreation and open up your own say river rafting company. Um, so some some of a lot of my coworkers kind of went the or coworkers like a lot of my. Uh, co cohort mates or uh, you know, colleagues. Fellow colleagues, yes, they they went off and they you know some of them work as like uh, the the program manager, the GM of like a climbing gym uh, locally, um, and uh, you know one works for the you know the uh, the county, Salt Lake County, um, but a lot have gone on into you know other facets. So I felt like it was really for me. Um, I really loved the therapeutic uh, route and you can actually go on and get certifications and, um, you know, do some, do some extended study and, and become what's known as a recreational therapist. But I worked a lot with, um, at risk youth, um, you know, the, the schools for, uh, youth, I wasn't necessarily out trail walking with them, but we would get these students who came to us from, like wilderness camps where they were, you know, out living off the land, so to speak, or hiking around and, and, uh, you know, using, using, um, wilderness to sort of, you know, for, for their therapy. Then they'd come to our school, which was, you know, anywhere from like 12 weeks to, you know, nine months was typically the longest that a student would stay in the program. Um, and they were in high school. So we had a high school on site. It was a private school. Um, so they could take their, their normal classes. Um, but on the weekends is where, um, I would come in with our team and I was a student mentor uh, for the outdoor experiential education team where we got a literally, we got paid on Saturdays and Sundays to take these kids skiing at local ski resorts um, and just hang out with the kids, played, played a lot of magic, the gathering and Pokemon with them, you know, to, to build that rapport. Um, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other fun stuff. So we had a module of um, skiing, rock climbing, uh, rappelling and river rafting. So I did a lot of that, you know, the first six months of my marriage, um, we had gotten married and I was 18 credit hours at school plus like a 10 hour internship or like a scholarship on campus. And then I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 40 hours. So like, I literally never saw my spouse. And we, we always joke about that being like, you know, the easiest way to intro each other in a marriage. Cause we just were basically roommates. Like, Hey, how was your day? You know, we'd <laughs> see each other like a quarter of our week. Um, but it was also like, it was, it was, we were running around we we're hustling, trying to like figure out what I was going to do. And, um, luckily I got an internship my senior year that I was able to work with, uh, people with disabilities, uh, providing recreational opportunities for the County. Um, so we're talking like anywhere from week long day camps for, um, you know, either kids, you know, or, you know, 32 year olds with the mind of a four year old. Um, or we would have wheelchair sports camps where, uh, we would be able to, uh, teach, uh, people in wheelchairs, um, the, the opportunities that they actually do have, uh, you know, um, you know, playing anywhere from tennis to basketball to 
the the wheelchair version of bocce ball um, to wheelchair rugby, which is, by the way, uh, one of the like most grueling and intense sports I have ever witnessed. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Friday Night Lights, uh, the TV show. Uh, the the quarterback yes. who gets his uh, I forget his name, Jason Street, right? Jason he gets, Street, he gets yeah. his back broken, and that's what he tries to get onto, man. Yeah, it's yeah. I know it's a, a, a TV show, but it seemed like it could be pretty brutal bashing each other with your wheelchairs and such. Dude, their wheelchairs, the they have these specially designed like um, they're they're aluminum. Um, and they're all just like welded. They're, they're, they're crazy expensive cause they're super customized. Uh, but these things are, you know, you, anyone who's listening, just, just Google wheelchair rugby and just watch a few like, you know, world tournaments. Some of, some of the bigger tournaments were actually hosted in the tiny recreation center that was just a few streets from my house. So, um, you know, I would get to go and just like hang out there. It's kind of like the, the adaptive recreation, uh, center in, in the state of Utah, uh, in the county of in the county Salt Lake County area, so um, it was right there. I would just walk to work, and you know, we'd get a we'd get in a van, and we'd go up to like um, you know a ski resort in the summer, and we would just like walk on the adaptive trails and things like that. And um, you know, it was it was it was so enlightening to me to like be around people, um, you know, in wheelchairs. Um, they uh, obviously it gave me a sense of like, okay, people first, disability is is secondary to, to the, to who this human is, but they would like make fun of me for like opening their doors for them. Like, Oh yeah, I can't get my own door. So, you know, I just, I just was like, okay, you, you know, F you dude, like I'm not going to get your door anymore. So I'm sorry. I would do this for, for any of us normies or whatever. And like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's offensive to some, but like working with the population, we got really close and it was, we were able to like they, keeping that lightheartedness to, to the conversation was really, um, was really fun. And, you know, like they would call me the, you know, the normie and, and things like that. So we, I, I absolutely love that type of work and talk about, you know, holy cow, like what a parent dropping off their 32 year old who's severe, severely, um, autistic. Um, they, man, they just don't get a break, you know, like that week long break in the summer that happens three times a summer, um, is like, some of the only times that these parents get to like relax, you know, yeah, yeah. breathe, you know, and like, and like, I, you know, I would remember coming home being like, you know, babe, like, I, I don't know if I could do this, you know? So, um, it, it was, and it was me like only spending, you know, a matter of eight or nine hours with, with these, with these uh, people and taking them to the aquarium and just like, just, you know, I, it's, I man, it's like, you, yeah, it's eye opening. You learn, you learn a lesson when you have, that, you know, a 12 year old with epilepsy who, you know, at any minute could go into a full on seizure and, you know, pee his pants. And you're like, what you're out on, you know, at a park and hopefully his mom packed him like a fresh pair of underwear and a fresh, fresh pair of pants. And you have to figure out what to do. And like, yeah, like you said, eye opening, it's, 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 tra- it's like, I, I wish that more people um, could go through that kind of experience just to see that, like, like I said, it's, 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 it's person first disability second, but you get, you get this like sense of like, Holy cow, like these humans, like they just love the attention. They love being uh, loved. And like, it was, it was super cool. Yeah, yeah. So There's so much to unpack there so much. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like um, I had the experience when I was younger and trying to figure out what to do and doing some random jobs where I worked the night shift at a group home for um, like the mentally disabled. And that, that was really eye opening the experience I had working with them. And like part of my job was like cleaning them up and getting them ready for bed and, and then making breakfast and stuff. And, you know, if any, any really young listeners out there, uh, or perhaps people who are interested in like maybe volunteering or something like that, if you ever have a chance to work with a population like that, you you do learn so much. You learn so much about, um, like you said, parents who are always on, who never get a break, who never get to, I mean, yeah, parents are always on in the sense that they're caring and and loving for their children, but there's a different sense there if your child, you know, never really um, 
maybe will never develop the kind of autonomy you'd expect or might always need another person's physical uh, help in order to live a fulfilling life, you know, and, and that's, that's super challenging. It's, it's really something that um, also helps generate, you know, empathy, you know, so uh, I, you know, if, if, for those of you who have it, you know, you're fortunate, you know it already. If you haven't, man, really cool experience to have, you know, I'm listening, you talk about all this and it just sounds Ryan, like you had like tons of fun. Um, I mean, I know you a little bit, like you are a person who knows how to have fun. Yeah. I think that's part of your personality. And I don't mean that in an, any kind of uh, like fraternity uh, <laughs> party kind of totally. way. I mean, like you just know how to have joy. You're a joyful person. But what 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 happened? Like you're doing this thing. You clearly love it. You clearly still even like you can hear it as you talk about it. You have a passion and a heart for the work you used to do. What started to change? What, what made it so that that maybe wasn't such a viable option anymore? Yeah. Uh, very good question. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely, like I said earlier, I was definitely living my passion. Um, and you know, I, I was kind of reaching, um, the, the tail end of my internship and kind of finalizing, you know, where I wanted to be. And it was definitely, you know, government working in these types of programs. And as an intern, things are, you know, it's, it's kind of, you're, you're not necessarily fully hired by the, the county and, and, and it's, you know, pretty, pretty easy to sort of be contracted or part-time employed. But so, so one, one of my issues is that early on in my youth, I actually, um, I got a couple of marijuana tickets um, when I was younger. So going back to your whole guy who likes to have fun, right? Um, <laughs> and right. This is in the state of Utah, and it put a it put a mark on my record. Um, now I wasn't like super because I got I took care of everything and got them, you know, did my uh, you know probation and my due diligence. The only thing I didn't do was uh, the path to expungement. So we can circle back to that big asterisk in a few minutes <laughs> um, because there's a cool you know cool thing that me and um, some local developers are doing to help that process along. Now, okay. Um, but the, the, the issue was, is that I kept applying for these jobs, um, and background checks were a big deal. Um, so I was sort of disheartened by that. And I really just didn't know like what, like I wanted to do besides like, you know, kind of working my way up the ladder in local government. Cause that, mm. that's a ladder that you climb for many, many years. Um, and, and it's not a very lucrative matter or ladder, um, at, you know, in one way or another, um, you know, God bless the souls who can continue to work in the public sphere. Um, it's, it's really daunting to get in at the ground level and stay there for a really long time as you prove yourself. And some people are pretty lucky and they'll, you know, I feel like I could have networked my way up, uh, rather quickly, but I was sort of looking at my trajectory and it's at the time, you know, this is 2013 to 14. And it was at the time that like boot camps were just huge. And it turned out that I actually had a friend from high school um, who had recently joined up as like a, a partner in a boot camp, a local boot camp. And um, I had a friend, another friend, our mutual friend, who had graduated uh, from the boot camp. He was a, he was a teacher, a high school t- or a junior high school teacher. Um, and he graduated from their first iOS program and they, you know, he gave him so much feedback at the end and they loved his feedback so much. They're like, Hey, why don't we just hire you to, to build our, our program here, our iOS program. Mm, mm. Um, and he did. And so, and and it turns out that, that now coming full circle and like how everything kind of works, uh, serendipitously that friend who sort of, uh, has been like a, a mentor and like, you know, we were, we were roommates after high school and we grew up together and knew each other for a really long time. Um, he's, he's my boss now at Lambda school. So, um, <laughs> kind of just how everything goes full circle. Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, his name is Caleb Hicks. Um, he's amazing. Um, so I saw that I saw what he did. He, he made a career change. Um, and, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to look into this, this, this boot camp thing. And I did their after hours program and it was, you know, um, it was just kind of a, you know, what you can do with an after hours program in 12 weeks and just a crash course, like introduction to, um, you know, HTML, CSS and JavaScript. And right. luckily th- through that, I was uh, out with a group of friends and we were, um, you know, um, kind of out like 
with families on like a nature walk. And we went up and built this fire, and, you know, roasted marshmallows and weenies and did the whole like fun camp out thing. Right. And, you know, I, my friend started talking and he's like, Oh, you know, you, you just did. Uh, and I didn't know him at this time. I had just met him that night, but it was a mutual friend. Um, he's like, Oh, you just did the boot camp. Like, uh, tell me about it. And I told him what I, you know, could do. And he's like, okay, why don't you come in and, uh, you know, uh, you know, take a look at, you know, my, my startup that I have. And, and I'm like, Oh, cool. You know? And so I ended up convincing him, uh, even though I was not fit, uh, for the job, <laughs> I convinced him to, uh, to let me, you know, do whatever it took, you know, and it ended up being a lot of QA and customer support. And, um, I fixed a few bugs here and there kind of, um, transcribed the, the marketing side over to, um, like a static, you know, um, FTP build and just like took it out of this weird framework that it was written in. And, um, yeah, so I learned a lot on that team and he, he kind of gave me like a 90 day shot. He's like, Hey, like we can't really hire you as a dev cause you're not a dev. Um, but we'll train you and like, you know, let you kind of do this kind of, you know, go for work for a minute and then, you know, um, we'll see where you're at after 90 days. If you can like level up and prove yourself in 90, 90 days, we might have a position for you. Okay. Okay. It turned out that 90 days happened. Uh, my grandma passed away and then like, uh, he's like, Hey, I want to meet with you in office. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to a funeral. He's like, we'll meet next week. Um, <laughs> and so I come back in from the, from the funeral and he's like, I gotta let you go, dude. I gotta fire you. Oh, that's um, nice. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? And it's like a good friend, you know, we became really, really close and we're still pretty close to this day. Um, but it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me in my career. I mean, I was, I was, I was on my way home. I only worked like 10 minutes from my house and I was just weeping. I was just bawling on the, on the phone to my wife. I'm like, what am I going to do? It's so stupid. Like, I mean, it sucks because you feel so invalidated. Um, it's like, I put in a lot, of, a lot of this effort, but at the same time, I was still super, super junior, super green. Um, you know, barely just getting my feet wet. Um, somehow after like three weeks of, you know, applying, um, jobless, I landed like four interviews and I didn't even go to three of them because the first one gave me a contract gig working on like a marketing WordPress site in house. Okay. So yeah, I did a ton of WordPress learned underneath this amazing designer who was a photographer first and a developer second, um, you know, was in the office with the marketing team, um, learned all these really cool things that I just knew that I liked, but I was like, I just am not like, you know, in this WordPress land, life kind of sucks right now. You know, um, I want to be like angular. I want to be, you know, this new cutting edge stuff and I want to be single page applications. And, um, there wasn't uh, rest API was like a brand new, experimental beta plugin or something at the time. Oh, for WordPress. WordPress. Yeah. 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 And so you could kind of go headless or whatever. And like, we were thinking about it, but then, um, you know, I, I just was like, I'm not happy. I'm not doing the JavaScript. I'm not doing the, the fun stuff. I'm like making little banners and, you know, doing fun plugins and stuff. And I learned a lot cause it's like always, it was in you know deep into code, but I just wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was a developer. I felt right. like I was, even though I was, because I was doing things that, you know, nobody else in the company really could do. Cause I had to figure out like how to piece things together and like write custom plugins and, you know, do little, do little PHP things. I still was like, man, when am I going to be, when am I going to feel confident? Um, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I, I just want to stop you there for a moment. Like, okay. And the reason being is that, you know, I think this is something a lot of early devs or people making career changes experience at some point in their career or, um, you know, maybe not to the same degree or way that you did. Uh, but like, what does it take to stop feeling like that initial imposter syndrome, like that, that syndrome of, of where you, you still don't feel confident enough to call yourself a dev or call yourself an engineer. Like, like, what did you do with that? How did you, how did you handle it? What, what did it take for you to, to alleviate that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, because I, I did have all this experience and I was, I was better off than I thought I was. Right. Um, I, I don't have like a good answer to say, this is one thing I did other than the fact that it pushed me to go to another boot camp, <laughs> um, okay. to go and get more education and, and, you know, feel a little bit more secure, but I can't say that it's like ever gone away, but I would say that like looking back, um, I wish that I had focused on 
something that I tell um, my students often, which is like do a daily reflection of your day and figure out like this one, the answer, figure out how to answer this one question truthfully. And you know yourself, you're the only person who does. So did, did you learn something today that you didn't know yesterday? Mm. And if that's the case, then you're on the right trajectory, especially in a world where like JavaScript is like, it's just massive FOMO. Like Twitter is, and you know, all the subreddits and hacker news, they're just blowing up with all these amazing advancements in technology. And like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, GraphQ, what? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, even still in my career, like now that I, that I teach uh, full time, it's a lot, it's a lot, that FOMO kind of happens a lot. And I'm like, well, what, you know, why, you know, I, I'm not working on this code thing. And I still feel that, you know, but I've never been on a more of a like steep learning trajectory in any other time in my career than being a teacher. So I, I look at that and I'm like, Oh, what did I learn how to do today that I didn't know how to do yesterday? And that's something that I, it took me a long time to, to sort of grasp, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask you a somewhat um, personal question just because I feel like I've, I've heard it a little bit in here, but like, you know, you're, you were married young and, and you're figuring out like what you're trying to do and you're thinking of going back to code school again, yeah. to another boot camp. Um, how, like, was there any challenge that happened in, like, with your relationship with your partner, or was she really supportive, <laughs> or, or whatnot? And, and I only ask this because I, I'm going to imagine that plenty of people listening have um, difficulties as well with making this transition because you know there's a cost to it, yeah. like a literal economic cost. Absolutely, and there's no guarantee of a payoff, but you know it can come. So, if you're willing to share anything about that, I would I would love to hear it if you, if you can. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so make, making 50 K as a contractor after having been a student, um, the entire time that I was recently married, um, that was awesome. You know, we were like, let's go buy his new Subaru. You know, we were, we were stoked because my wife was working full time too. Uh, okay. and she was working, um, remote at the time. Her company kind of went to a remote first company. Um, so she's an accountant and she, you know, she looks at the numbers. She does a really good job at keeping us on track with a lot of things. And so, um, you know, when, when, when the time came, when I was like, honey, I, you know, thank you so much for supporting me and kind of pushing me. She initially was the person to push me into coding. So I should go back and give her credit. So Chelsea came to Absolutely. me. Sorry. Let me just backtrack. Chelsea came to me when I was like finishing up my internship and she's like, well, why don't you look into what our friend uh, Tyler is doing with dead mountain and see, you know, see what it's like. Cause she had just gone to like this girl's party where they did like their favorite things. And they're like, um, you know, brought their favorite thing to the table to share with everyone, whatever. Um, and the, the, her friend's house that she went to, um, her husband was like kind of preparing snacks and hanging out and saying, Hey, what's up? And he had just graduated from a boot camp. And Chelsea's like, well, don't you know that guy? Turns out he's also a coworker of mine now. Uh, <laughs> so he had just gone to a, we're pretty incestuous here in terms of like, you know, family, you know, not necessarily family, but, uh, but like our network is very, you know, tight. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Very tight. See see it come, you know, all the connections. But anyway, Ryan, um, hold away. He's one of the three Ryan H's. There's a Venn diagram at Lambda school. Um, <laughs> one of four Ryan's, one of three Ryan H's. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely share that. Um, but yeah, he, he had just graduated and, and got hustled his way into a job and a career. And you know, his wife was kind of bragging about him. And so my wife comes home from that party and Chelsea's like, Hey, you know, you could do this too, man. Like, I think you could, and I think you'd like it. And she's like, you like computers. You used to play World of Warcraft all the time. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally the same thing. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, it was like more school after school. And then I got, I got a contract gig, um, but she just knew that I wasn't, I wasn't stoked Happy. on life, you know? So, yeah. um, so she, she ended up, uh, I, I just, I just approached her and I'm like, look, I actually um, have been researching and it's kind of a long shot. I don't know if I'll ever get in, but like I applied to this school, um, but it's out in Austin, Texas. And it's called Hack Reactor. Um, and it's the one that Tyler McGinnis did. And like right. you know, my friend Ben Nelson, who's now my CTO. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's deep, man. The web is deep. But um, but yeah, so we we she looked at it and she's like, 
I think that's a great idea. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like you're, you would do that. She's like, yeah, I'd moved to Austin and we had a dog and she had a, you know, a job. And so, so it ends up like after three attempts to get into, so I had a, almost a year under my belt of programming and I still failed their entrance exam twice. Wow. I, it took me three times to get into hack reactor. And I finally did. Um, Cause they, they take you from like, you know, you know, I mean, some of their pre-course work, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know if I could solve that today. It's like, recursion over this crazy thing or doing all this stuff. It's like, this is like just the pre-course, you know, so they're, they're very, they're good at what they do. They're very, you know, take somebody who's already technical, who knows the stuff and let's ramp them up to job ready, you know? Okay. okay. Um, and they have great career support and things like that. But you know, the program is, is expensive and to haul my family across the country to a place we've never been um, literally in like a little U-Haul pulled by our Subaru Outback um, to go and like put it all on the line. And my wife, you know, worked remote and, um, you know, we lived there for four months and, um, you know, came back and I had four job offers the first Friday back, uh, from from hack reactor. So it was, it, we, that was one of the things that I, I would highly recommend that everyone think about. Like if you're in a position to do that, great. Um, but the level of, um, intensity when you put everything on the line, and you just you're you're putting it out there that doing this thing um, will pay off. Like you just keep projecting that, and then you know taking every single day one day at a time. Um, it, it helps with that anxiety. Um, you know, it's like how do I focus with all of that? Um, right. But yeah, we we were young. I mean, we according to like the status quo around here, we were, you know, I was 26 when we got married and my wife was 24. So we we're a little bit older than the norm, but like, yeah, we were still at the time I was probably 27 when I got to, um, to Austin and, um, we, we love Austin by the way. Like that is the, Austin's the best, the best place. Um, if you've never been, I'll have to ask some recommendations. I haven't been there get yet. Get out there, man. You would love it. I mean, if, if you're from Portland, <laughs> um, you know, those two are definitely like top, you know, top of list in terms of like, uh, good, good times and good experiences. So, cool, cool. um, yeah, it, it was so fun. And our group of friends, uh, that we studied with, you know, there were, there were spouses that kind of got together with, with my wife and like, they're all doing the same thing. Some uprooted their, their families from Chicago or, you know, relocated to Austin from Florida. Um, you know, they were from all over, but a lot from, right. from Texas proper. Uh, you know, we, we all got along so well and we bonded so quickly. Um, I think that's what helped a lot of us. Like there, I think we were a hundred percent hired after like three months of graduation or so. Um, That's awesome. Our cohort was pretty of like 21 students. So our cohort was pretty special. I think, um, we, we bonded really, really well. And we still, to this day, we, we all, I mean, there's a a group of us in our own little, like, um, Lambda or I call it Lambda school, like little hack reactor misfits channel that we started on Slack that we, um, you know, share, um, you know, woes and, um, things like that. And, 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 you know, cool articles and we just, we're just still connected pretty well. So. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and definitely kind of speaks to like when you're going through stuff like this, like it really helps to develop some form of community. This keeps coming up again and again with my guests is like having community somewhere while they're, they're learning that, that makes a lot of sense to me that you would create those bonds and that they would be meaningful. And then in your case, like, it seems like every bond you make ends up being a coworker. So, (laughs) you know, maybe I need to watch out a little bit. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But, um, speaking of work, why don't, why don't we, why don't we get into that? Like, like you, like you are particularly, particularly experienced in the thing you now do just by having not even, not only done one, but done two uh, types of boot camps. Why don't you tell us how you ended up at, at Lambda and a little bit about your, like your work and, and what you do day to day. Cool. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'd worked for a couple years, um, you know, kind of advancing and I had just barely taken uh, my very first like title as senior JavaScript developer or whatever. And it was super stoked, you know, so a remote company, you know, four days a week, we would go in, um, you know, for meetings once a week and get nothing done except for meetings um, and lunch and stuff. But it was, it was really, really fun. Um, Great benefits, awesome pay, especially for Utah. Um, And yeah, I, 
uh, knew that I loved teaching and like, I, I kind of put it on the back burner, uh, post graduation from, uh, the first boot camp I did, I, you know, had gone back and in my spare time I would teach in the evenings. Um, and I was working underneath Caleb Hicks. He was the, you know, the school's like educational director. Um, and, uh, I was also working underneath a guy named Ben Nelson. Uh, so when I mentioned my CTO was also somebody that I worked with, uh, who convinced me to go to hack director. He was a, he was a mentor of mine along the way. Um, you know, late nights up sending him code snippets, figuring out why my stuff isn't working, um, you know, to, uh, being a mentor, uh, for his students that he taught. Um, and we, I came back from hack reactor and I, you know, was a teacher underneath both of them again. So I knew them pretty well at this boot camp, um, And so I started teaching their after hours um, as much as I possibly could just to get, just to get out of debt as soon as we could. So we took on a little bit of debt. We, we had just barely paid off like all of our student loans before going into more debt, by the way. So that was another <laughs> thing that was like, Oh, dang it. Like, what are we doing? Uh, luckily we didn't have that much. Like my wife was very, very uh, smart and I had scholarships and things cause I was and Pell grants. So, cause I was older going back to college. Um, than, than most people around me. So, um, so yeah, when we, when, you know, when we're kind of figuring this, this, you know, whole thing out, um, I was, I was super like stoked on my career and super stoked on this new job. And I saw that Ben was like pushing commits to this like Lambda school repo. And I'm like, is he building a freaking school? Is he building curriculum? And so I reached out to him. I'm like, Hey, do you need like contract instructors and stuff? So I did a little bit of contracting for him in the early days, taught a couple of classes in the evening, um, kind of helped people, uh, students with some of their stuff. And he's like, yeah, we're teaching this whole thing online. And, and I was like, cool. It's like, I'm, I'm on like anything you need. Like I'll, I'll put in, you know, 20, 30 hours a week as a contractor for you guys at nights. I, I love this stuff. And, uh, he calls me up and I know it was on a Wednesday cause I was in the office with my stellar senior job, you know, and I get a phone call. He pulls me out of a meeting and he's like, Hey, um, so we're in the Y Combinator program now. Um, and I think things are going to be really cool here at Lambda school. Like we're, you know, you know, this model, you, you already know you're like it. We just, just come work for us full time. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, we need you to help build curriculum. We need you to help teach. We need you to help figure out what we're doing here. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, and so, <laughs> um, you know, it, it turns out like, um, you know, he had reached out to a couple people as well. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I was like, wow, I'm so torn. So I went through the whole process of like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, you know, what are, what is my, what are my packages look like? Um, I'm turning down this awesome insurance and all the stuff that I'm making now. And they ended up making it work uh, really well for me. Um, and it was just us three. It was me, Austin, the the crazy Twitter guy who I knew nothing about. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ben, I trusted Ben and I was like, Hey, we got this. But like the, the, the funny thing about Austin is like, I, I knew nothing about him, but he's a Utah guy. Um, and um, he and Ben, you know, two like Utah dudes, like, living out in Silicon Valley in the Y Combinator program. Like what, what do I need to know about this Austin character? So I like, I vetted him pretty well through my network and every single person just had glowing remarks. Like if there's one person crazy enough to make something that amazing work, it's going to be Austin. Um, and, uh, I called Caleb, uh, my, my now boss, my, the, the, the chief product officer, uh, who I was, you know, super, and he was at Apple at the time. And I was like, dude, uh, what do you think? He's like, yeah, if I was to leave Apple for one company right now, it would be Lambda School. And, and sure enough, um, that was the recommendation I needed. And three months later, that statement came to fruition. So, um, so yeah, we all kind of ended up, you know, knowing each other and it's all about like who, you know, and your network. And these are, you know, not only high school, um, buddies, but also, um, mentors of mine and people I've, admired uh, up close and, and from afar for a little while. So sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you seem to have like such a knack for networking uh, just based on your story, um, which kind of brings me to, I, I think my next set of questions for you, which is like, like, um, like you work with students every single day. And for those who don't know, and we'll have it in the show notes, like Lambda school is this really cool program that um, the students don't pay a tuition while attending. Uh, they they instead, once they're hired, uh, a portion of their salary 
is 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 you is goes to pay for their their education essentially um, retro retroactively up to two years if I'm correct right yes that's like, our current like U.S. model is two years of your salary at seventeen percent so right right and 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 you have I mean. 17% of some of the salaries I see Austin tweet is uh, quite a bit of money because yes. you are very capable of putting out good students and and having them um, successfully get really good jobs with good salaries right off the bat, which kind of is, is what I want to talk about. Like One of the things I ask every guest on this show is what advice in general do you have for career changers, for people making these switches? I feel like you could say a hundred things <laughs> and I may have to cut you off, but like if you can pick a few of your top favorites to share with people, like I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, you just, yeah, dude, I could say a lot of things. And so I'm kind of taking a little bit of back. So um, for, first, it, you know, the, the, the number one, like, if we were to say like, there's one thing that boils down, you know, um, what a Lambda school student, you know, uh, looks like a successful Lambda school student. It's somebody who truly is gritty. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's like, do you have the ability to push through those really difficult times when things just don't work? Um, and you know yourself, um, you know who you are. Some of that is learned. Um, a, a lot of it can be, can be taught by just like, having gone through the ringer. Um, but are you, are you a survivor? Are you somebody who's going to, you know, uh, do you have what it takes within you to, to be gritty and get down and don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, you know, really learn. Um, if, if you want to switch careers, um, try, try programming first. You know, there's a dozen resources out there to see if you, you know, you can learn enough on your own to see if you actually like it. Um, a lot of the people that we, that we teach, they, um, you know, it's not everyone, but, uh, you know, a, a, you know, it's a good percentage of people that we teach are people who were like hobbyists and like playing around with code. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this full time. Uh, but they, you know, maybe were accountants, um, who had built some sort of like, you know, SQL, um, you know, query that like helped them with their financial reports or something, you know? Um, and, and they, they really didn't realize that that's actually something they can do as a career, um, you know, in, in whatever facet. So, so you can, you can dip your toes in the water, so to speak, to see, um, if you really like it. Uh, it's definitely, I, I hate people who say, Oh, it's so easy. Um, you know, anyone can learn how to code. I, I truly believe that if the opportunity and the circumstances, right, you know, most people can learn how to code. Yeah, but most people, not everyone wants to. I think that's very key. Like, like, um, you know, uh, for instance, like my my wife knows that she she doesn't think that she would in, ha, enjoy having a career in it. Like, you have to you have to want to solve those problems. You have to want to have that persistence, that grit you're talking about to to do these things. Right, and and yeah, and that's it. Like for me, like I I get enough out of coding that it's fine for me to sit at a desk indoors where like my entire life beforehand was a river rat, um, you know, like a, right. a, a, you know, an outdoor junkie, um, like living, you know, paycheck to paycheck just to get the next powder stash or, um, you know, go raft the next rapid or something. So, so like I totally 180 and I love, I'm absolutely passionate about and excited about, you know, what I did as an engineer and now what I do as an instructor. Um, and there's definitely like the, the cool thing about uh, learning how to uh, be a developer is the, the industry is so vast. Um, you know, we have students getting like stellar, like QA positions who are writing like UML documents and they're super excited about these awesome, you know, you know, universal markup language, like files they put together to like storyboard out the databases that the, the dev team's going to build or, you know, QA engineers who are only writing tests. Um, but most, most of the time, yeah, people are coming to us because we have, we have the web program that's kind of our bread and butter, but they're coming to us to get into web development. And if you can, you know, kind of at least feel out the trenches a little bit and be like, yeah, I, I think I could do this. And I actually kind of like it. Um, right. Test the waters before jumping in fully. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's not me. <laughs> I'm the jump first kind of guy. Okay. Um, it just, it just turns out that I actually really enjoyed it. So I was lucky. Um, and I have, um, a bubbling personality that, you know, a lot of my peers in software, software development, uh, you know, find super fascinating because I'm not the status quo developer. If you um, <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of seem like the kind of person who, who maybe, and I mean this with all love and kindness, like maybe couldn't sit and, and work through a, a long problem just because like every time we talk, man, you are, you're so full of energy and uh, passion. I love it. Uh, um, <laughs> I definitely take that as a compliment. For sure. Oh, it's totally a compliment, Ryan. Um, in fact, it's such a compliment because, like, I think sometimes the grind of 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 this can can maybe take that from people, and I think that's what ends up leading to things like burnout and and that kind of thing. So, I think it's super awesome, both that you already know, like the things that. Uh, you're passionate about outside of work and that can recharge you. And I'm sure your work actually like uh, provides you, um, you know, at least, at least the financial security to continue to do those things. If you want to, if you want to go camping or something like that, Um, you know, this, this, this job is enabling, it enables people to live a life that they honestly might not have been able to otherwise, and th- and that's kind of the hope I think a lot of people are are holding on to when they when they're making this change. And I hope they have that grit you're talking about because I think I think it's totally possible. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we want people to come to us and try it out. We we do our you know mini boot camps. They're all public on our YouTube account, um, and you know you can kind of see what it's like at a, you know, glance to see what, you know, what Lambda School has to offer you. And, and I will tell you to, to touch on your point, like the best jobs, the best cultures at companies are like software culture. So like you're talking about like bleeding edge, like company culture of unlimited PTOs and, you know, 15 paid vacation days and nine holidays or whatever. Those are, you know, you find those types of um, job opportunities more here. So if you are like me and you're graduating in outdoor recreation management, or, you know, even if you just, you know, you know that you're, you're maybe you're a guide or something like, I don't feel like I've given up a single thing. Um, the, the opportunities are now actually, you know, more, more, um, apparent or more available to me because I'm not like grinding for just, just, to, you know, just yeah. to be able to afford to do the things I want to do. Like I'm grinding and I have financial security and freedom to, you know, um, you know, to wake up at 4am and go catch that dawn patrol. And maybe I'm back in my desk by 11am or, you know, things like that. So it, you know, we, it, you know, we, we have a lot of, um, uh, in this industry, we have a lot of, you know, uh, uh, like cycling enthusiasts and rock climbers. And, um, at least in Utah, it's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the place to do those types of things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's super fun. And like, you get, you get more of those freedoms allotted to you as you, um, kind of reach those parts in your your life. That makes total sense to me. Um, I think I have like one more question for you, really, uh, because we're we've talked so well and so long. I, I don't want to have our listeners listening to an hour and a half long <laughs> podcast, so I, I only got one more. But uh, my question to you is: uh, explain to me like your feelings or like how you feel about the fact that not only you have made a career change but that you get to work day in and day out with career changers that you, you're you're helping them achieve something and make that that impact in your life what kind of feeling does that give you <laughs> oh man uh i mean i'm glad we're not on camera uh because even <laughs> just getting the chance to think about it like i instantly every single time i just get super emotional and like um it's like we all just got together and had a retreat and uh ben asked me to like share my favorite lambda school like experience and i was like there's just too many to pick from but i picked one and i just was in in just bawling in front of all my coworkers whom i've never met in real life uh, <laughs> and then i was like well welcome to lambda school thanks for being here you know uh, but no i there's so many um man the cool coolest thing about what we do at lambda school 
is um, we are tapping into um, ability that was already there, uh, but but the opportunity wasn't dispersed yet. Um, and so for for people to come to us who are you know on the brink of poverty and bring us you know their desire to learn um, and make it work for them, um, I see that almost every single day. Um, I mean, there's the, you, you can go on Twitter and you can read all the bullet lists, um, that, that Karen, our, you know, um, our entrance, our admins director, she, she sees the, the backgrounds a lot more, um, every single day as she's accepting people into the school. But I mean, one of my favorite early on stories was, and I'm going to call, uh, this student out cause he's definitely one of my favorites. Now we don't have favorites, right? But, um, <laughs> Uh, Julian Peggy's, uh, he, he'll probably listen to this. I'll make sure he does. Um, uh, you know, he, he's talked about this, um, you know, rapidly be you know, often, you know, as part of his experience, but, but he came to us, I mean, he, he so where a warehouse worker, um, you know, trying to just afford ends meet, uh, for his, his, his wife, uh, or I, I think, uh, partner, uh, girlfriend and, uh, you know, new daughter and just, just trying to, look at an opportunity that was not there, that was not afforded him in life, uh, just due to his, you know, socioeconomic status, just where he grew up, um, didn't afford him this opportunity. And, and he got it Lambda school, uh, because, you know, the tuition after you graduate model is, is beautiful. Um, especially for the Julians of the world. But, but now, I mean, he, he ended up, he, he had a mobile, phone, but it was a flip phone, but he ended up, uh, landing a gig at Uber building mobile apps. So, um, like one of our first students and like, you, you look, you look at that and you look at some, you know, those stories, they're every day and there's just too many to count now. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's harder because I've stepped away from teaching a little bit. I'm more of the, the teacher of teachers and the program director. So I don't teach as much. So I don't have those number one connections like I did early on when, you know, I had a group of, you know, 10 or 15 students that like, you know, I saw come to the program and like make it work. But, but man, they're those opportunities that I get to just be reminded that, you know, what we are doing is providing opportunity to people who, who would not have had it otherwise. And we are over indexing, um, the status quo. And that's one of the more beautiful, uh, beautiful aspects of my job. So yeah, like if you, if you feel like you, you want to make this career gap or if it is your, you know, your first career, a, a real career, um, you, you have the abilities and now the opportunity is there. Um, just show us that you're gritty and we'll, um, we'll make sure that you, uh, go through the right steps to get prepared to come to school. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. That's really cool. And uh, I'm really glad that, you know, uh, there's something out there helping the Julians and, and everyone else out there, like, achieve, you know, a life maybe they otherwise wouldn't. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story and sharing your passion with us and, you know, your passion for helping other people achieve, you know, achieve their dreams, essentially, you know, and uh, yeah, can't thank you enough, man. Yeah, absolutely. I am definitely excited to be a part of, I mean, your career move, if you want to make it happen, this is to your audience. Um, <laughs> uh, also to you, Kyle. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you're out there and you're listening, um, DM me. I'm, my DMs are open on Twitter. Um, I'm an open book. You can pick my brain. I'm, I'm, I love mentors. I also have gaggles of, of graduates who would be excited to mentor you into the industry as well. So I, it's been my pleasure to come and talk about this. I love, I love what you're doing and, and I love this audience and um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, a strong, powerful friendship. Yes, me too. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of second career devs. If you liked the episode, consider sharing it with your friends, writing a review or both. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Second Career Devs is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. If you're not already doing so, follow Second Career Devs on Twitter at Second Career Devs. That's 2ND Career Devs. Twitter told me Second Career Devs was too long of a handle, so I had to break branding and go with the number first. That's 2ND Career Devs. 
I tweet when new episodes are out and about upcoming projects for Second Career Devs. Get involved in the conversation happening over there. If you're interested in being a guest on the show and think you have a great career change story to share, please send me an email at secondcareerdevs at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story and see if you might be a good fit for the show. Lastly, Second Career Devs is looking for people and businesses interested in sponsoring episodes. At the moment, sponsorship enables Second Career Devs to get transcripts made for each episode and will enable more exciting things in the future. Send me an email at secondcareerdevs at gmail.com if you're interested. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye. See you later.